0: Moto One Podcast Network. You're listening to Creative Writing, America's best motorcycle
1: podcast. Hey, there's a bunch of asterisks behind that. Never mind. We're brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. For more information, head over to
0: patreon.com forward slash creative writing to learn how you can support the show yourself. Now, let's get cracking. Roll on the throttle, blip the brakes, tighten the air cleaner, check the crankshaft,
1: and don't spill your coffee. Get it on. Mandate. Get it on. Who else says that? I don't know. Some chump. Hey, listen. I'm wearing the world's loudest jacket tonight. Don't ask me why. Uh, it was 75 here today. It's like 60-something now, and I'm like, oh, I'm freezing. So at any rate, I'm going to have this loud jacket on all night. I wish I, I could get a good jacket. If you have a good—I uh I saw that Cycle Gear is having a closeout on jackets and uh I thought maybe I had to go get me a good one. My Alpine Stars that I've had for like 10 years finally busted. Um and uh so yeah, I all I have is my leather jacket left. And that thing's not going to be too comfy although I have ridden with it in the summertime and it does block the heat nicely. It also traps the heat inside and I know we're in a mesh, you know, go listen to every single podcast uh, 2 years ago. And uh, they'll tell you, riding around in mesh is like riding around in front of a hairdryer. And it only blows the cool sweat off of your body. So, uh, <laughs> and you need that. So it's better to sweat inside of a leather jacket than have the air blow it off your mesh. But you know what? You'll blow it out your tailpipe. I'll do what I want. I'm 73,000 years old. Uh, And speaking of which, I am 73,000 years old. It is uh, fresh. It is still in 2020. We've only just stepped in. It's not February yet. So hello, everybody. And welcome to another fabulous episode of Creative Writing. This is episode 206. And on this episode, we're going to discuss electric bikes and the future of motorcycling. Uh, I'm solo tonight. You got your uh, Wiggins, Weekly Wiggins. And I told him, Quit calling at Wiggins Wednesday because there's going to be a time where you don't send it on Wednesday, you fool. We talked about this when you wanted to set up a segment. And then I said, yeah, don't call it like Wiggins Wednesday because, you know, you may, I, I may have to release it early or you may re, uh, send one late or, you know, have something going on. And, uh, and here it is. He's not even here. He's in training. So he's not here this week. Um, and he he did send it to us, and I did get it out on Wednesday, but I would not get accustomed to it being called Wiggins Wednesday. But yes, your weekly doke of, doke of Wigga by himself. And that's how I'm going to start talking this whole episode. Um, your weekly dose of Wiggins by himself. Oh, pardon me while I adjust this mic up. Just a good hour. Where's our, our interns tonight? They... Okay, there we go. I do sound much better. I'm my own intern, god dang it. All right, so we're going to get into this week's show. Uh, I'm going to be flying solo tonight, and uh, yeah, as I said, wigs ain't here. We're going to be talking about a lot of good stuff. Uh, before we get into this week's show, the views and opinions of the participants of the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast, so me, are those of the participants They do not reflect the policy, position, or opinions of Creative Writing, the Moto1 Podcast Network, or its affiliates, and any opinion is a respective participants and is not intended to mal- line anyone or anything even mobility scooter riders and if you listen to last week uh gary canary gave us a, a sweet traffic report from the uh commuter mobility scooter yeah his um <laughs> his pilot brian got his license suspended uh for flying upside down Uh, doing an inverted dive with a MiG-23, um, and so that's never good to do, especially in a helicopter over the city, uh, and I don't know why there's MiGs flying around the city anyway, but anyway, he got his license suspended because I think he was intoxicated at the time too, so don't fly helicopters upside down while you're, uh, drinking, that's my rule, or my recommendation, it's not a rule, uh... The rules? There are no rules, and don't talk about the Fight Club. And goddamn, I'm gonna just quit rambling. How's that? Uh, I do need to pull a word of the week. I am gonna go ahead and play this, even though Wiggins is not here. Jason Golmeyer got me two weeks in a row with the word hooligan, and the word uh, motorcycle the week before that. I think he got, uh, I think he got me and Jay the week before that. And then somebody got us, I think, with breaks. So, All right. So this week's Word of the Week is pickles. And I don't have the deed. Oh, the deed can is way over there. I'm not going to pause this and run over and get it. I'm going to do what Wiggins said. Every time uh, we say the Word of the Week, instead of doing the deed that's over there in the can, uh, I'm going to go ahead and just uh, do a double tap on a, this, We have a basket of innocent kittens sitting here. And they're just minding their own business. They're playing awfully quietly, actually. They're not clawing anything or are pooping all over the floor like kittens are apt to do. They're just kind of chilling. So every time I say the word of the week, I'm gonna double tap a kitten. Uh, You know, I have been going to the rate. I haven't been shooting in I don't know how many years, but everybody's like all about guns now. So it's like okay, well I guess I'll go get my old. Everyone's wanting to know, do I have a 1911? Do I have a Glock? What do I have? Uh, I have an Atlatl. And if you're not familiar with those, go go look it up. Uh, so yeah, that's how old I am. Um, anyways, yeah, my, my gun shoots spears. Uh, this week's word of the week is pickles. I'm going to have to find out who sent that baby in because that's awesome. That's one of our sponsors, but at least I won't have to be saying it. But I guess I should say it now before it's official. Thanks, Club and Pickles for uh, sponsoring this week's show. And with that, the word is official. The word, oh, I almost said it. Uh, so anyway, so word of the week this week is is official, and uh, let's get into some news events. Um, So, January 24th through 26th, that's today, if you're listening, today and this weekend. Uh, Noble Moto, Skidmark Garage, and our buddies Cleveland Moto Podcast, they're going to take a part in take apart this weekend's no they're gonna take part in this weekend's ims show at cleveland i believe it's at the ix center or something like that like what a stupid name for a for a center i suppose it stands for international exposition center and i'm the stupid one uh but at any rate they're gonna be there um i think let me grab a cup of coffee so i can think yeah hot coffee There's no popcorn, as you can hear on this week's show. And for all of you that love ASMR, that was a big slurpy, wet tongue in your ear. Um, Yeah, there's no popcorn popping, and my wife made beef jerky, and she doesn't like it. She said it was too dry. We left it on overnight. Kind of her and Wiggins got into a jerky discussion. And I've come to the conclusion that I think Wiggins likes to sabotage everybody's thing so that his is the best because he told her to leave the thing on overnight. And the jerky is so tough that I'm probably going to shit out a purse uh, in the next two days after eating as much as I have. So let me take a sip of coffee here. Mm. All right. I'll put this right here. I just set that cup right down in the middle of all these electronics. So if I blankly reach over and spill it all over everything, the whole podcast is screwed. That's how I roll. All right. What else is coming up? Well, January 31st through February 2nd, Um, or January 33rd, if you keep counting is IMS Minneapolis. And I always say Minneapolis. I just mean Minneapolis. And I think that's happening at Minneapolis convention center in, uh, Minneapolis and then 27th, which is Monday. Hey, happy Australia day. Y'all you guys work hard. And, um, you're getting worked over hard. You guys deserve your own day. So have a day on us. Creative writing is inventing the first ever Australia day. And, uh, if you look it up on the internet, it's already proliferated. We planned this out a few months ago. Um, and if you look on the internet for Australia day, we, we did a good job because it's already all over the internet and it says it's been a holiday for a long time. (laughs) Good job guys in the marketing department. Um, And also, February 7th, just like bam, 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 the Chicago IMS is going to be happening. I don't know where the hell they have, uh, you know, the the right to have this in Chicago. From what I know, Chicago is a pretty crazy city. So, yeah, Chi-Town, you're going to be having your own IMS February 7th. And then maybe, just maybe, after that... We will get our boys Jordan Diggs and Brady Walker, the sweet talker, up in here because they are both working ham and hand over fist. How about ham over fist? They're working ham over fist at these events, and so they have not been available to come on the show. Um, they've just been, like, you know, side hustling the hell out of this thing. So, yeah, they're they're busy as all get out, but as soon as the shows are over, maybe uh, they can come back in here and jump on in a little bit and tell us what's been going on with that. All righty. And we have an epic moto scan and even an interview. Uh, so this week is going to be all about um, the moto scan is going to, uh, well, we'll get to it when we get to it. But it's going to be interesting. One of, the, one of the words of the week that somebody submitted uh, is electric. And they wanted to know, hey, it's my word of the week. And I want to know more about electric bikes. Well, buddy, I forget who this was because I'm not on our page right now. Um, but if you would like to submit a word of the week, head over to our Facebook page or, or join the group word of the week, submit your word there. Um, I will look it up and see who asked this question, but, uh, they wanted to talk about electric bikes and know a little bit more about electric. And I am going to, instead of waiting for the word to get pulled, uh, just go ahead and I'm going to, um, talk about it tonight because, uh, ironically, um, the fuel tanks has, uh, is a good good way to segue into that, right? Because motor, uh, not all motorcycles have fuel tanks, you know what I'm saying? So that's going to be good. I'm looking it up right now, who who uh, asked us for the week. I am my own producer tonight. We fired every other producer. And especially after, uh, I don't know if you guys listened to this <laughs> weekly Wiggins this week, but um, yeah, don't look behind this curtain, sucker. especially when I'm Flipping switches and pu- pulling chains, so uh, yeah, you get your ass fired. So we fired all of our interns. So uh, as in in hindsight, that was probably not a good idea, because now um, I have to do all this button pushing myself and try to do it while I'm uh, like stalling for time. Oh, electric! How about electric? This is Joe Troy. Uh, So Joe Troy is asking us, how about electric? Can you tell me more about them new motorcycles Zero HD and the lot are making? Well, we sure will, and we'll tell you about way more than that. All right, let's get into this week's show. Uh, It's going to be all about community as well and why we ride and all that great stuff. And I think uh, starting out, I do want to say that Jay is not on the show this week either. Thanks for everybody on Instagrizzle who was – in the concern of trying to help find Jay, Ashley's post—I uh, think it was Saturday, right? Saturday—went out, and um, you know, Jay was found, and uh, Jay is safe. So thanks everybody for looking out and all that great stuff. Jay would help, we you know—I think Wiggins and I were just joking about last week how Jay would ride here. Uh, it's like a half hour drive from her house. But she said, no, 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 I don't mind. I don't mind. It's like therapy for me. And I thought, yeah, okay, like do it. And I think it really is. It's like, you know, Jay has so many things going on, especially right now after her crash and all that stuff, that I think coming over here every week was like therapy. And I think it really did kind of help her like sort out um talk About motorcycles, get every get the world off her mind and like chat with everybody here, get some support here, drum up some support um, for her artwork, and just make friends in general. Everybody that knows Jay, she's not afraid, she has like a, a bajillion friends on Instagram. So, all you guys that are uh reaching out and and uh asking how she is, yes, she's she's okay. Um, she, uh, I did notice that. Whenever she would go somewhere, she'd just start talking to somebody. You know, she—that's why she did a really good job at the motomash, uh, interviewing people and stuff like that. So, I—I um, I do have to say that uh, I'm gonna wait for Ashley on all this stuff. I've been talking to Ashley all week. Jay didn't crash her bike, thank God. Uh, to, to my knowledge, her bike's okay, so she's like, you know, nothing like that happened. But Jay is in um, a really deep, hot uh, shit pit. And, uh, I'm, if you know, Ashley, or, you know, Jay and, and, um, you've talked, then you know what's going on, but I'm going to let Ashley lead on this. We got the, the email around the Moto one headquarters. And, and so the, the field producers and, and the, um, other studio you know personnel here knows jay's probably not going to be on the show for a little bit so uh more pending um as things go on i don't want jay to get in in any deeper shit by saying anything so i'm just going to chill on this until uh things can be said so that's all i'm going to say about that and with that let's get into this week's show
0: a bunch of dudes from Utah man taking factory junk and making it theirs whenever they can
1: taking wood stall making it theirs that's how they bring us the show they call stockest for squares late to per pound all righty. Stock is for squares, you suckers. And uh, that's a little ditty I wrote for our buddies at the Stock is for Squares podcast. It's not the st- st- squares; it's uh, Squares. Um, but yeah, that was uh, such a fun show. Those guys, um, really good content. I think they made over 100 episodes. And that reminds me of our own buddies who also don't like stock stuff they don't like good bikes and bad bikes because they compare them each week our buddies at nokomoto our sister station over there in uh golden colorado (laughs) i I know they're not in golden but um yeah coming to you from the podcast uh, moto one podcast headquarters actually over there at the uh, norad base under the uh colorado denver airport or whatever the hell where it is um they're in a top secret bunker down there uh broadcasting out of the uh, the Moto One headquarters every week, bringing you some of the best content. They just hit 100 episodes, and they timed it just right to hit the IMS show that just came through Denver. Um, so, yeah, I hope you guys got to listen to that. It's a great show. Uh, that intro to that show is pretty dang sweet. Reminded me of Alice's restaurant in a way, and I don't know if that's what they were going for, but it was good. So yeah, if you get a chance, go over and listen to that. Also, the Weekly Wigs. Did you guys get a chance to hear this week's Weekly Wigs? I liked his choices. He he got a few questions from Peter, uh, Peter over at, um, you know, uh, Nokomoto, and uh, (laughs) one of the the first question was like, what's the best Sport bike for a fat guy, I think, was the very first one. And I would have gone with the ZX14. I think Wiggs finally, I think he made it there. I think I heard him mention it toward the end. But uh, <laughs> he was mentioning, like, RC51s. He's a Honda guy, for sure. He was mentioning a whole bunch of Honda stuff. But the ZX14 would have been my first choice. And then I thought, uh, I was driving driving today, and I had my own thought. I didn't record it in the car like Wiggins does, but I should have. Oh, yeah, that was my, fir- my first thought. Yeah, right out of the gate, my first thought was, Wiggins is riding around recording and I can hear the microphone rubbing on his his uh, starched uh, button-up shirt or his beard one of the two uh and it, so it's making that like high pitched scratchy noise so as an audio file that kind of bugged me uh and number 2 uh he he's riding around r- driving around in a 25,000 pound car uh, reading emails, probably killed seven motorcyclists making this week's weekly Wiggins <laughs> and didn't, didn't know it or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm just guessing. But yeah, so that was my first thought. My second thought was, oh yeah, man, this is a, this, these week's questions are pretty good. I, that's how I think. That's how my voice sounds in my head when I'm thinking. So yeah, I, I liked this week's questions. They were good. And, and the first uh, thought i had about the uh sport bikes for fat guys was a zx14 uh he mentioned the busa but i would never go busa uh partially because the busa had an ugly duckling um spinoff called the uh the b king or (laughs) you know and it was just a basically a naked busa very disgusting looking um and not only that but the busa was hot you know, hot dog, King of the Hill for like uh, a little bit when it first came out, but quickly got gobbled up by Kawasaki because um, throughout time and memorium, Kawasaki cannot be outdone by anybody. And Kawasaki has been blowing the doors off all the competitions f- since they've been around. And so the ZX14 quickly took over. Not only is it bigger than the Hayabusa, uh, but it's still around. And it's not forecasted to go away, which this year is the last year of the BUSA. Actually, they said last year was going to be the last year of the BUSA um, because of Euro 4 and 5 and probably now coming 6 um, specs. So they're only selling it in North America. And they said it was the last year. Last year, but then I saw it on their 2020 roster. So... I guess they'll just keep selling it until they don't have any more left. So if there's enough in the warehouse somewhere in, uh, Pawtucket, Illinois, or wherever Pawtucket is, um, they will probably just keep selling them here in the States. We might even see a 2021 20, BUSA if not enough of them sell, uh, this year. But yeah, so the BUSA I, I, I never would have gone with. That was too obvious. Um, I would not have gone with any of the stuff that he picked, the RC 51, the VFR 750. I would have gone with a, either two directions. I was thinking about this, uh, today driving around i would have gone a big bike like the zx14 uh a because it's winning all the drags right now like ricky Gadsden knows how to pilot that thing into into history and uh, the record books um it's bigger than the busa and uh, it looks a little better than the busa because the busa has like a seat for one right and you can't have a busa without stretching the swing arm uh you know 13 miles back with the zx14 Looks good right out of the box, and it comes with a hell of a lot of like touring stuff. You can kind of sport tour it out, and it doesn't look as sport toury. Like you know, the Concourse 14 is the touring version of it. If you're looking for a sport tour, so it technically is still like a Ninja. It's a, it's the biggest Ninja they make. And then I thought, wait a second, either that route or. Go the smallest ninja they make, and why? You may be asking yourself, why would you go the smallest ninja they make if you're a fat guy? Well, one, they're cheaper than a ZX-14, so if you're into eating food, you ain't got to give it up, and you sure as hell aren't trying to get it anywhere fast, right? You you know that you know the rules, <laughs> you know what the score is, and if the score is uh, still being able to afford hot wings and pizza for dinner every night uh, by the, the Ninja 400. It's an awesome bike. Um, you know, the ZX14, I wanted to mention, does come with braided clutch and brake lines. So your big fat ass isn't going to stress out the brakes on that thing when you're trying to, you know, come to a full stop and you weigh 373 pounds. But also the uh, the ZX400, the 400, the Ninja 400, um, that thing looks pretty sweet. It looks just like now nowadays the little bikes look just as stylish as the big bikes. So they look like a big one just shrunk down. So you'll still look cool. And, uh, I mean, you might look like a monkey fucking a watermelon, but, hey, you know, it's it's the price point that matters because if you still want to eat wings and cheese uh, with gravy all over the top of it every night, you got to be able to afford that. Ninja 400 is the way to go. Or, on the other side of this same spectrum, you're looking to lose weight and you need some motivation. Getting a big, powerful sport bike ain't going to do it for you. You need to go tiny And that way, it'll be motivation for you to be able to go faster than 42 miles an hour on this thing. And Ninja 400s are very capable. Hell, there's like a World Super Super Series for them right now that's like basically like the Junior Racing Cup to uh, World Superbike and MotoGP and all that stuff, right? So, yeah, they're a good bike, and they're pretty fast and powerful for uh, 400, and they're the biggest ninja um, out of the small ninjas that they make. And so I thought, that's one way to go. Go big. Or go little if you are big. So it, that's my two cents. Um, I forget what else he was talking about. I have no, no fucking clue about the Harley stuff he got asked. Who's the worst flat tracker? That one I thought was funny because I would have just gone right to the record books and looked up the stats and told you who came in last place most often. But he took it the other direction. He took it the figuratively. Who's the worst? Like, oh, you're the worst. Um and and he was mentioned in some names, and so uh, the the Whigs' uh, opinions came out on that one. Who he thought was the worst, um, in the in the sense of the word of being like the worst type of people that are flat trackers. So I thought that was kind of funny. I would have just gave you stats, like you know. Shane Narbone. I'm just throwing that out there. I have no idea. Like I should probably rescind that. I don't, I don't have any, uh, statistics in front of me right now. So I have no idea. Shane Narbone might be a champion right now. He might be in last place. I have no idea. Whoever's in last place might be really proud of it. And if Shane Narbone isn't in last place, they're probably going to be really, uh, upset that I'm saying that. So I'm just, I just threw that name out as an example. Let's go with someone else. Let's say, um, uh, I don't know, uh, John McGinnis, just because I know he doesn't even flat track. We'll just say he's the worst flat tracker. Uh, but yeah, so uh, that's a, I thought that was a funny question um, and I can't really remember any more of the questions uh, uh, except for <laughs> is Junkie really as ugly as people say he is? Well, I'm very, I'm hideous. I'm almost so hideous that I have to have a cover in front of me like The Elephant Man, if you ever saw the movie The Elephant Man, so that People aren't distracted when I am talking to them. And every week Wiggins comes over and I think he's been, he, he'd be frightened. He's never seen my face. I always podcast either with a helmet on or with like a curtain hanging between us. Uh, also, I don't want him to see how I do the podcast and mix everything because I don't want him to figure out how to do it on his own and start podcasting from his car and sending it to me. Wait a minute. That sucker worked me. He worked the system. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, that this might be the reason why he's been doing weekly Wiggins is because he can't stand my sight or smell. I'm pretty putrid. Uh, I'm about as putrid as I am ugly because I'm very old. I mean, when you get past, some people nowadays are living to be like 112. You know, I think they're the oldest person on earth was like 116 or something. I'm like almost double that. So I mean, you know, you really start to get a foul, funky smell. And also, I don't show up on camera, so you'll never see a picture of me, and it's really hard. But also, when I do go in person, like to this week's interview, um, I got to tell you, it was a hell of a week, like not just personally and for the show and for work and, and, and a lot of reasons. Um <laughs> I, I also burned my face last week. I was I think I started to mention at the end of last week's show. I really I wasn't kidding when I said I got blasted in the face. I I burned my face. Um, I basically got shot in the face with boiling hot salt um so not only did i get shot i got uh burnt so it was pretty sweet so when i went in for this week's interview they were so nice and polite and didn't treat me like the stinky old putrid mongoloid uh with burns all over his face that i am so yeah i'd like to get into that i like to talk about the moto community too because that's what we're going to talk about uh on this week's show and it's all about feeling good man that was the other thing i think wiggins was that this week I don't want to ruin uh, next week's weekly Wiggins, but uh, yeah, f- why, Why you know, feeling good, the whole reason to ride, right? And so, yeah, let's get into it. And this week's Moto Scan, I don't know if I already mentioned it because I've uh, re recorded now that my, my lips were fused together from being burned last week. They just healed like two minutes ago. So um, they were fused together. I had to re record this. And so I, don't, I forget if I was talking about the Moto Scan, but we're going to get into electrics too this week. So uh, let's get into our interview with this week's. Um, Guest, and uh, it's going to be a good one. Guys stick around. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back. little break there for you. Little Junkie T Original. So listen, on last week's show, we got to talk to Mark and Nancy, the authors of Moto... Well, Mimi and Moto, the Motorcycle Monkeys. Uh, You know, they rode through the alphabet. uh, They discovered new planets. They did all sorts of great stuff, right? And now... uh, we're, we were just talking to them about getting new riders on bikes, little kids interested in motorcycles, uh, you know, making them more aware of what motorcycles are and why motorcycles are so fun, and really just sparking this next generation of motorcyclists, right? Well, there is another conversation, and it's a big part of what was happening at IMS this year, at least in Long Beach, and it's a conversation that's been happening now for a little bit, and it's how do you get new motorcyclists that are older on motorcycles right and how and why we ride why do we even like riding what is it about two wheels and what has changed about two wheels well uh there's one thing that's changed and it's that motorcycles are uh, I, I would say that you can't get away with the same stuff. Even on motor, uh, bicycles and skateboards, you can't get away with the same stuff that you used to get away with way back in the day. When I was a kid, we would ride motorcycles down the street. You didn't need a helmet. There was no helmet laws in California at the time. Uh, little kids could ride motorcycles. Of course, I lived in a really rural kind of farm area, so maybe it was, you know, uh, we weren't 12 o'clock boying it through, you know, the the city or anything like that. So there is a there is a big difference. But some things haven't changed and let's see if you can relate
2: to this I, I wanted motorcycles you know from like walking age i just that's all i wanted to do um used to like look out the school bus window and i can imagine myself like hitting the ditches and like <laughs> yes. just jumping like
1: and that hasn't changed. I think all of us did that. I even used to do it uh, when I was older. And uh, cars, bikes, motorcycles, everything. And so that's one thing that hasn't changed about being uh, a biker. And also the community thing. When I was a kid, BMXing with my friends was the one thing I looked forward to after school every day, every weekend. Uh, I did terrible in school. Uh, I didn't have the uh, best you know, family life growing up. Uh, But I did have friends, and we all had bicycles. And even though I had a bicycle that they made fun of because I got it at thrift store... (laughs) At least I could BMX with my friends, and we could go riding, and the town was ours. So community is a huge part of bicycling and motorcycling, and as you grow up with these sort of things, uh, this is the part of community that I wanted to talk about with this show. Like I said, we talked about it last week. It's a huge segue. You build the community when you're small. You build this influence with with younger's when they're small. But what about when you get older? And like I said, the twelve o'clock bite thing. I'm, you know, the older I get, and and my kids, I would hope that they never, you know, do any crazy shenanigans that would get them in trouble. Granted, we don't live in downtown Baltimore or even like in Florida or San Francisco. A lot of places where I see these crazy things happening, hell, even here in LA, I can't lie about that. Crazy things happening on motorcycles when you get older, but not so much through the cities, right? And so what can you do in the cities and what can you do, uh, in the countries alike and you won't get busted for it. Well, on this week's show, we had an interesting uh, sit-down, and uh, I'm going to let the, our guest introduce himself, and we're getting into this week's episode, and I'm going to tell you later why I'm so excited about what's what's going on in this scene, and how we can help use uh, the topic of today's show to transform, transform uh, people in, into writing, period, and then... You can also, if you have a motorcycle, you can also get your fix, and we'll hear how now. All right, with us today is our guest, the man of the hour... An official stuntman, so I've been told. A man whose skills are so plentiful that he's not even allowed to walk down the street without a chaperone.
2: My name is Parker Pimman. I'm a professional supermoto racer, and I'm a brand ambassador here at Super 73.
1: So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Super 73, one of the coolest looking bikes that I've seen. And when I say bike, they are a motorbike. And we're gonna hear all about Super Seventy Three right now. They invited me down. Well, I invited myself down to their headquarters in Irvine, and I got a total tour of the facility. Well, instead of blowing it, I'll just I'll just get into it and let you hear all about it. But yeah, they uh, it was awesome. Before we get into this uh, episode, before we get into the interview, rather, I gotta tell you, Parker took me out for a rip. The guy was <laughs> amazing. <laughs> And doing all sorts of stuff and making it look easy. These bikes, we didn't look up the specs because it's all about having fun, man. He was making it look like a piece of cake to do wheelies. Like he did, a, he did a wheelie. We did, it, we were on a block basically. He did a wheelie the whole length of one block. Then he's like jumping it and doing stuff on the other block. And I'm like, man, I I couldn't get the. Um, the steer, you know, the steering felt weird. The bike was uh, new to me, obviously the first time I've ever been on one, so I didn't want to eat crap in front of him either. But you know, like it was so much fun. And the thing is, is I had fun just cruising around, like going up the curbs, going down curbs, going through some little puddles, all this and that. And I wasn't even doing wheelies and like stoppies and stuff on it. However, I can tell you that if I had been loaned a bike for a weekend. Uh, I would have tried every single trick at the trade on it. I mean, it's just that much fun. You just, you wanted to, you just, you see it and it looks like a mini bike, it looks harmless, but it also looks like a hell of a a lot of fun. And with that, let's get into this, uh, you know, did did I ruin the interview for you already? No, that's, we didn't even talk about that. Stick around and listen to what we do talk about right here with the Parker Pittman Super 73. All right, everybody we are here at, at uh, super 73 and uh, it's it's awesome i came down with the expectations that it would be like steady garage or you know any other motorcycle place that you you go to you see a bunch of people running around with parts in their hands or with you know, grinding on some machines and stuff like that. We've been to we've been to a lot of shops, but when you come down to Super Seventy Three, I got to tell you, it's an experience. And uh, with us here right now, um, we have Parker, and we're kind of sitting in the conference room. And he just took me on a ride, and I got to tell you. I was blown away, <laughs> and um, I, I first got introduced to these things. to you guys, if you've been listening long enough, you know uh, Ciclavia was where I saw them, and uh, I was super, super stoked to come down here and get to talk to everybody about, uh, you know, the, the brand, the motorcycle, or I'm sorry, the bike, and uh, I don't know, it kind of is a motorcycle. I'm going to let Parker uh, take it away here, because explain to us exactly what is a Super 73, and like, what, where did they come from?
2: Thank you very much for having me, Larry. Um, so Super 73, in a nutshell, uh, we're an electric motorbike company. Um, the bikes themselves are Class 2, so, you know, they have pedals, but they do have an electric motor on the back, and they're battery-powered. So the the brand itself started in 2016. Um, you know, a bunch of friends got together, and they wanted to recreate that, like, 70s, um, mini bike frame, put modern technology in it, and and just see what what would happen. Um, you know, they launched a Kickstarter back then, and and you know it's the the brand, the business. Uh, I mean, as you can see coming in the showroom, it's it's very polished. Um, there's a lot of attention to detail that that you know we're able to um, put into our bikes, and and yeah, it's just super fun. Like everything about this brand is is built around adventure and fun.
1: Right, and like you said, the um, you know, it's built around adventure and fun, and I gotta tell you, they look like uh, they do look like little motorcycles. And I accidentally stumbled and said motorcycles a minute ago. Uh, the difference really between these and motorcycles is, like you said, the speeds and the pedals. There are there's a couple quote bicycle brands out there that don't have pedals. Is that technically a bicycle at that point?
2: Yeah, I think the the bicycle aspect of it um, is is by meaning to, and then cycle, so you're pedaling with your, your feet. So I think for it to be a bicycle, it, it needs to have the pedals. Right, and so
1: uh, I'm gonna not name names, but we, we encountered a few this year at some shows where they did not have pedals. And um, so that's something else I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, I've heard class a couple times. We've talked some range. Actually, we'll go over the stats of these in a minute. But for somebody just getting into this, what is a cl- class, I noticed that the frames have like a class stamped on them. What are the different classes or, or what class are these and um, what does that mean like legally as a, as a bicycle?
2: So the legislation behind electric bikes in general is it's I mean there's a lot and it's super boring uh, you know stuff it's not, <laughs> nothing special so basically we, 50 states each state uh, you know they're a little bit different and and even um, I guess getting more into it each city in each state is, is more and more different. Um, Class two, uh, you know, or what our bicycles um, are labeled as—that's basically twenty miles an hour pedals. Um, you know, so you can ride them anywhere on a paved surface that you can ride a bicycle. You can ride our electric bikes. Yeah, and that's that's a lot of places. So. Yeah, for
1: sure. And um, I'm guessing anywhere where you can ride a mountain bike. Now, the fact that they are um, also assist does that mean that you can't ride them on
2: certain bicycle trails? I mean, it's it's definitely again that's that like gray area. I think yeah. the cool thing about our bikes, um, it, I think, is just they're they're silent. You're you're yeah. not really that offensive, so <laughs> no, you can get all. away with riding it um, in a in a ton of places. Um, without causing too much commotion for people, but you know, definitely, if you're out there blasting past people walking or riding yeah. like their mountain bikes, and and it, it's just it's time and place. So. Yeah,
1: well, and definitely, I mean, I'm sure I've ridden my bicycle in some places that I didn't know I was supposed to. I mean, these things are so cool. They um, they look like mini bikes. We we kind of touched on that. Now you are actually a motorcyclist as well, um, and you use these as a pit bike, right? Yep.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're they've. Basically, the best pit bike you could ever have. There's, um, I don't know if you you've been to many races, uh, like pit wise. There's there's no pit riding. You know, you're not allowed to ride little bikes in, right. in most pits. So to have an electric bicycle uh, that you can literally ride anywhere, uh, it's it's so clever for me. Like I, I never expected to to turn my, my motorcycling career into you know an electric bike company career. Um, but I've, I've been riding these more, uh, than I even ride my motorcycles. Really? So, right. Yeah. I've got 450 miles on my OG. Uh, and you know, I've put in the last year on my, my, uh, race bike, probably 30 hours and I've, I've got more than that on the, the electric bike. So Right.
1: Yeah. And we would be, uh, remiss if we didn't. Mentioned that yeah, he races motorcycles. What exactly do you ride, and and uh, like what's your um, racing background or what's your riding background?
2: Yeah, riding in general. Um, you know, I think you were talking before your 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 parents wouldn't let you. Yeah, your mom wouldn't let you get into bikes. Nope. So I had a similar <laughs> situation. Like I, I wanted motorcycles. You know, from like walking age, I just that's all I wanted to do. Um, Used to like look out the school bus window, and I could imagine myself like hitting the ditches and like (laughs) just jumping. Like this is every road trip as a kid. That's what I did. I stared outside and watched each little hill and driveway and everything. Yeah, Yeah. just making the bike noise in my head. So started out just like dreaming of (laughs) bikes. My my uncle told me to put a. a photo or I had mag- like motorcycle magazines I think it was dirt bike mag um, I'd cut out the bikes and put them on the fridge and just hope like the power of suggestion my yeah. family would look at it and think alright we're gonna get him a bike but I didn't get my first bike till I was 15 and um, it was my-, my dad had bought it I lived in Australia for about a year um, when I was 16 my mom was out there so um, I came back he had this 86 GPZ 1000 and he's like Parker I'm gonna get a Harley I uh, wanna sell this bike or you know maybe if you wanna start riding it take it over so I ended up just cruising the streets, no license, you know, just <laughs> right. blasting around, uh, riding to school and, and the football game. So yeah. just started on the road, and then, um, yeah, I got my, my first job uh, washing coal trucks and bought me a four-wheeler, and, yeah, started racing uh, the uh, Thor Mega Series on the East Coast racing quads, and, uh, yeah, like, it, it just sort of snowballed. I got ZX-10s, ZX-6s, and, and <laughs> I just caused too much ruckus in my little <laughs> small town, and right. so too hot to handle yeah and i moved to australia um uh, for like permanently at that time i went in 2009 and um, i started racing the uh the australian supermoto series raced the nationals over there and ended up getting seventh my first year i was just stoked on supermoto in general it was like a i never owned a dirt bike i never yeah owned a, crazy uh, you know a motorcycle to race in general so it was just cool to go out and just cheap motorsport and and yeah now so I'm, I'm racing supermoto nationals here got 10th in the pro class last year so trying to make a Make a move for top five, and and I'm racing the local series uh, out here in SoCal. It's War Supermoto, and it's just just stoked to ride anything really. Um, yeah.
1: And hell, it got you a job here at Super 73 being their, their ultimate stuntman. You've even raced these, right? You, uh... yeah.
2: yeah, Super 73. Originally, I linked up with them at a Roland Sands Super Hooligans event in Austin at the Handbuilt show. Um, Roland put on a Supermoto class, and um, we had a national the week before, but um, my one of my sponsors, CRT Racing, was just talking about, hey, man, you got to come out here and race this thing. Um, so I, I went, and then I, I seen the Super 73 in the pits. They were doing like an exhibition, um, you know, like kind of like... Moto celebrity, Instagram guy—you know, pro racer type thing. We had Tyler Beerman and and just you know, ton of cool just people in this uh, little class. And um, I crashed. I got like uh, second <laughs> my first moto, and then my wife actually uh, she won the whole thing. She beat Tyler Beerman by no like a inch. Dude. He, he was celebrating early, uh, you know, waving to everyone, and and she came up the inside and and, and did it. So.
1: That's epic. Yeah, uh, our co-host Wiggins has has mentioned him a few times and how he's a hard guy to beat. So that's epic to do it on a on yeah. a Super seventy three. Well. And that snowballed into working here. And you made, we went on a little rip. And he's like doing wheelies and backflips and all sorts of stuff. And it's like I could barely get the you know front end off the ground. The steering it's twitchy. It seems like it took a hot second to get used to going from your uh, motorbike to these. How long did it take you? Before you could like stunt them like you do, and and are you the official stunt man? She said you were our a hey, our stunt man. So are you the
2: official stuntman? Uh, Christiana proceed? introduced me as the yeah, yeah, yeah. stuntman. Yeah, it's it depends <laughs> on the day. Some days okay. I'm the, the wheelie guy. Some <laughs> okay. days I'm the stunt man. I look after the van fleet as well. So oh, okay, I got I got some roles here, and uh, you know most of them pertain to me just ripping on the bikes. So I've just um yeah just try give them some credibility in, in the moto scene, and I know you know being a pro rider at any level. Um, I do a lot of TV commercials and music videos. um, I did a, you know, I can go on, but long story short, getting (laughs) onto the, um, you know, the super 73 from the moto, like I I never really uh, rode BMX seriously. Like I had BMX bikes growing up. So I have some experience on bicycles, but it was, it was a different feeling. You don't have compression, uh, you know, so like wheeling, for example. You, you know, you you're. It's it's a lot of balance. So I've been able to take the the skills that I've gained, learning the Super seventy three, and, and translate it back into motorcycling. Um, and and I know at the track like. Um, there's a lot of times and there's a lot of strength I've, I've gained some forearm strength just in uh, being able to take this out and wheelie constantly like uh, I, I can't do that on my, my yeah. street legal bike I can't oh, no kidding but you know you're getting a lot it's, of trouble yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah. But, I know nobody gave us a second look on bicycles you yeah. know so motorcycles disguised as bicycles yeah um, exactly. you know I have to I have to say that you made it look so easy and I tried to just pop a wheelie and I'm so used to doing on a bicycle doing the pedal you know using my, my leg strength and uh, I don't think think you did that did you, well, you were just using the it's throttle throttle and yeah. brake control
2: yeah the, the two i mean it took me like you know 10 years to get good at wheelieing and then you know i met a friend in, in australia and he he was telling me parker you're not covering the brake you know oh, so yeah, all yeah. you're doing is basically balancing using using compression to slow you down right when, once i started applying the rear brake it was like a, a new world opened up because now i got forward control yeah and backwards control so yeah. i can just what I want, and, and putting that into Super Seventy Three, you just thumb throttle and always on the brake, like right. never never let it go. That's your compression,
1: so. right? You, whenever I've tried wheelies on my motorcycle, it's my. You know, my foot's always there, but on bicycles, I do the same thing. I don't use the the rear brake, and I end up, I, hey, kids, watch. I can wheelie. show my kids, and then I end up, like, on my back, and they're like, yeah. dad. Um, but, yeah, you made it look super, super easy, and I've got to tell you, these things are so much fun to ride. I, I could see how they'd be an excellent pit bike, too, like, and they are kind of in disguise. Um, they... They look like they would be a fun bike to take out camping or to uh, like a trail and rip around. And they've got well, some of them have racks. And uh, before our time's up in here, let's um, we're gonna head out to uh, to the warehouse. I hope. But before we we have to close up in here, um, let's walk through some of the stats and some of the features of these things because yep. they come from like a basic, almost looks like a an old bicycle, somebody took a mini bike frame and threw pedals on it to the one that has like a headlight and brakes. And and you're, you're telling me that, you know, the, features on it just kind of like go out the door compared to the base model one. So what are the models and the,
2: uh, the features of each one? So our entry model, I guess to get into Super 73, we've uh, created the Z one. Uh, it's built for Generation Z, but you know, anyone can really ride it. Um, it's my wife's favorite uh, shape of the bike, and a lot of people are, are keen on just like the banana seat look, and um, you know, it's, it's gonna come with um, disc brakes, front rear, it's got a 500 watt rear hub motor, um, and, you know, and all these stats, like basically, what it translates to is, um, you know, top speed, of roughly 20 miles an hour, in um, a distance of, of around 15 uh, to 20 miles, and it'll depend too if you're climbing hills or you know, if you're like, say, like my wife, for example, she's tiny, and and you know, I, I'm not a huge guy, but we do experience a difference in range uh, based on our, our size. So there's factors that go into it. Your all-terrain tires. Um, if that's something you want, you can add those onto the Z. They come with uh, street slicks, um, and you know there's there's accessories uh, that we can just bolt on them. We got tail bags, um, we've got surf racks uh, for our S1 models. So if you're into surfing, this is an awesome beach cruiser. Uh, we live down in Newport Beach, so it's like always on the boardwalk. Uh, <laughs> speed limit on the boardwalks eight. As soon as you go over, people will let you know. So you know <laughs> right. it's it's easy to to go too fast on them. Yeah. Um, and and then the other things that we offer, um, you know, we got grips and pedals and tire selection, and it's it's just a, it, it. That's what um, is special about our brand. I think that makes us different to all the other electric bike companies. Is uh, there's a huge community built around Super Seventy Three and customizing them. Uh, if you, you know, you said you've seen about it. Uh, Cycle is it Cycle Vita.
1: Uh, Stickla via, yeah. There was a whole squad, and I was squawking about it after uh, on the next show that happened the next week. Um, My kids, uh, my kids were like, "Come on, Dad!" And I was like, "Hang on, I just got to see these." And this dude's ripping a wheelie uphill ups like Spring Street in downtown, right? Like just so effortlessly, still pedaling. So I thought, but I'm looking going, dude, that's a fat tire bike and he's wheeling it uphill. And then I got a better look at it as he's going by and I'm like, oh wait, no, there's, like I saw the hub and that gives it away. Yeah. And I'm going, that's it. Uh, electric, at least pedal assist and then like the whole squad comes up behind him and each one looked a little bit different and I'm sure they were cruising on several different models yeah. and they, the look of them was so badass. I got to say like just even if it was pedal only I was like attracted to that because of the motorcycle thing, right? It doesn't look like a, a BMX or like a you know, your grandpa's lowrider beach cruiser. It, yep. They look legitimately fun and cool. And then when I saw some of them had racks, some of them had milk crates on the back, yep. and they're carrying all sorts of stuff, and I'm going, this is pretty sweet yeah. so
2: the the communities, you know I think it's our biggest asset you know once you own a bike too you get invited out to the to the rides and it's just it's just a cool thing to be a part of that's what I mean for me motorcycling wise like I did start riding on the street and I used to go to like um, you know group rides and they were like pretty much 90% Harley's I'd be the one guy there on a street bike um, <laughs> yep you know, so like that, like sense of like belonging and, and and feeling like you're you're part of something that's bigger than you, um, and then going out like you know each ride you can show up with something you've done your bike and it's like you see what everyone else is doing. I mean, right. there's dudes out there doing like skateboards, uh, you know, chop, chopping one quarter of the skateboard off, putting a you know padded leather seat on it and having like the little the tail section of the skateboard and the right. wheels on the back so there's just so much you can do it's just like a motorcycle
1: right yeah I, uh, joe's mini bike reunion this year i saw an example of that and that's what I'm saying. These things remind me so much of something that you would see at a minibike show, except for that they you can ride them down the street where your, your poor minibike, unless we take a time machine back to like 1973, uh, speaking of the Super 73 uh, angle, you can't ride minibikes down the street anymore without yeah. like five cop cars rolling up on you and like confiscating yeah. it. And I'm looking, there's one in the room with us now in the corner over here, um, that looks a little bit like a Honda Rebel. It's got like that raked out, um, and they've flipped the the battery pack underneath from where yeah. it normally goes. So I mean, yeah, like look at that. That thing's like such a cool idea of like what you could do with uh, not too much modification. I mean, it looks like they may
2: have like made a new frame, but. Yeah, it's, th- it's full it custom. So this pim- one's actually pretty cool. Um, it, it doesn't have pedals, I don't know if you noticed that. It's got uh, pegs, oh, okay. yeah, and um, it's a custom, uh, bike that we built for Peter Dinklage. Oh, okay. So it's, you know, it was a little Can bit low. Can he fit
1: on that thing? <laughs> yeah. <just> <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's that's another, you know, interesting aspect of our brand. We we linked up with um, Will Smith super early. He posted a video, went super viral. I don't know if you've seen it. It's like our bikes blasting off in the stratosphere with him on it. Oh, rad. I'll show you before you go. Super hilarious. Yeah. Like I've seen. <laughs> millions of views.
1: I've seen the Casey Neistat ones. I just yep. saw the Rick and Morty collab and uh, the I think it's Paris Saint-Germain or something. There's like a yep, soccer yep. collab. And uh, yeah, I mean, this this is like a huge, an Iron and Air, obviously, being a, a, like a motorcycle mag, um, I was already, you know, in their uh, little sphere there, and I saw, hey, look, super, we're partnering with Super 73 or something like that. And I yeah. thought, man, everybody's jumping in because these things are so cool. Um, we're about to k- get kicked out of here. We might have to continue here in a few minutes, but yeah, we'll go over and... Um, I want to take a, a tour of the back, and uh, just so everybody knows, these things, you guys haven't been around f- since 1973, this is a relatively new company, but already this sort of exposure and this sort of, you know, they're getting they're hiring stuntmen, for Pete's sake, to come rep the brand, like how cool is that? Um, you guys have blown up pretty quick, pretty fast.
2: Yeah, it's, it's all contributed to the co-founders, everyone that's been a part of the project. Um, I came in super late to the game, but... The, the you know at three years old it's still infantile everything's like kind of a learning process so I think you know our our products very tight like as soon as you ride it I think you know it inspires something in you just like that that inner kid feeling um, you know yeah. the community the collaborations the people that we're you know we're, we're connecting with and the people that rip our bikes are, are just amazing so. I don't know. Did you see the uh, Roland Sands? Uh, right. Yeah, we had had that bike in the Peterson Museum for a while. Uh, you know, on display in their electric uh, le- uh, electric alley there. So, it's just the we all have a passion for for these things, and it's just you know putting our heads together and seeing how we can make them better every day, and and just make sure the customers are happy with it. So.
1: Yeah, and I mean, looking at the variety that you have just in your showroom, just the colors. And like you said That Roland Sands bike The Peter Dinklage bike Like they are It's amazing What you, what you can do With these You know yeah. Quote bicycles So yeah I'm gonna uh, Take a quick break We'll be right back And uh, we'll chat some more About Super 73 Dope Thanks Larry I Appreciate it For over 125 and a half years No pickle has been more trusted By motorcycle champions everywhere Than Clawman Pickles You wanna win your race? Put a Clawman Pickle in your face. Clawman's guaranteed. I'm Mama Clawman, and I recommend Clawman Pickles for the win. You heard Mama. Put a Clawman's in your mouth and a championship trophy on your shelf. clubman the only pickle for
0: motorcyclists. Billy Guy Builds Motorcycle Washing Services. Give Billy a try. Hi, Billy Guy Build. You give me water and a bucket, I'll wash your motorcycle. It'll be good clean. Billy Guy Build, getting motorcycles cleaned since 25 weeks ago. Billy Guy Builds, located in Burt Town. I Billy, get your motorcycle sparkly. Billy washes baggers, cruisers. Naked bikes, sport bikes, drag bikes, scooters, monkey bikes, mini bikes, bikes that don't even run. Call Billy now, 555-273-BILLY. You call me and, uh, book your appointment to wash your motorbike. That's Billy Guy Builds Motorcycle Washing Services, just outside of Luckerville Bloyton, and Stancran in Town. Billy Guybeld's motorcycle washing services. Don't forget it, punk. Yeah, bitch.
2: Hey there, listeners. This is Patreon subscriber Nerissa coming to you from inside my helmet in the land of beer and cheese, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You're listening to the Creative Writing Podcast because you're obviously ridiculously good-looking.
1: All right, I just got the uh, best tour. I'm super sorry that we're not doing video, A, because my face is uh, destroyed from burning it last week, but B, because, uh, you know... We can't. I couldn't show you what I saw, but it was pretty amazing back there. And there's so many things uh, going on back there. Parker just, like, walked me through um, everything from you guys do everything in-house. The design, I, we, we got to see some of the design, the programming, um, the marketing. He even showed me the coffee maker and, like, the break room. And I got to say, it's pretty epic. This looks like a really fun uh, a fun place to work. What's it like working uh, with the people, you know, just roaming the halls and just kind of peeking in on what everybody's doing?
2: It's, it's cool. Um, being able to work directly with the other departments, I think, is the, the coolest part of it. So we can have something going on in marketing, um, and then the design team, you shoot them an email and then walk over, and, you know, they're right there. Um, as well, if we come up with an idea we think is going to be viable, it's a matter of just hitting a 3D printer and or, or getting you know Chris in the back to fab it up, and we can we can have working models on pretty much anything within a day. So it's it's a very uh, easygoing work environment. Um, but also having that access to everyone, it can get a little stressful because you know it's <laughs> you have people asking for stuff and they have you know so much. Everyone has so much going on, so um, it's cool. And you know for what. You, you, going off what you just said about stuff you can't talk about. Um, you know, for anyone that's listening, I guess this hopefully comes out before the 25th. If you're listening to it after the 25th, you you might have missed out, but check our website out and, and see what we've done now. But uh, you can come out to the event, just got to pre-register, um, you know, and, and LA River Studios, basically three o'clock uh, on the 25th. We're going to, Uh, be launching some new stuff so it's going to be really cool really excited about that
1: yeah he even let me take a rip on his personal bike and i gotta tell you the stuff that you can do on these things is so amazing and fun the amount of customization um what i wanted to talk to you about too is having all these people to collaborate with here in the offices like you said you walk into one room and say hey i need this and you walk uh, three rooms over and there's people making it for you right uh I also noticed that you've done um, the company's collaborated with a lot, a lot of people. You mentioned, um, you know, some of the videos and stuff and you guys have collaborated with Roland Sands. Obviously. Um, I think you mentioned Snoop Dogg earlier, but you guys have done, uh, some collaborations across the pond. You guys have done some Hollywood collaborations. Um, How do you guys, you know, reach out? You have a whole team back there doing this stuff, but, you know, how do you guys reach out? Do people just see these bikes and they just want to be part of it? Or or do you guys reach out to the community to get, you know, maybe get some people to um, help, like, establish, you know, help put you guys in the public view, basically?
2: Um, The the, the short answer, I'll give you a medium answer on this one, actually, Mm because it's huge. There's... I say 50% of the people that we collaborate with have reached out to us, uh, to want to work or, you know, or, or in some fashion, like say someone shows some interest in a bike. Um, you know, we, we want to work with, with everyone. Cause like for us, it's just, you know, the more people that are involved, it's the better, there's, there's no demographic, there's no person that can't ride our, uh, you know, bikes and have fun on them if, if, if that's what they want. So, uh, collaborations wise, um, you know the electric uh avenue thing there at at the uh, peterson museum with roland sands he he built that up um they built that bike in house so that's one of the collaborations we've done externally uh we have internal collaborations uh you know we've done the paris saint germain uh, the football team um you know we built a line of bikes for them uh to sell so you know there's 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 things going on that are um you know big big company wise and then we've got uh celebrities and, and, and artists, uh, people like uh, Lil Nas X, you know, we, we just built a bike for Lil Nas X because, uh, you know, a few people here uh, really like him, and just sent a photo, and, and then he saw the photo of, of his custom bike without even knowing it was happening, and, and he didn't wanted it, so, okay. you know, we got to go out and um, uh, meet him, and, and it's just super cool. I mean, yeah. there's, there's just so many avenues to it. Um,
1: well now he can ride his bike down old town road. Right? Is that, uh, yeah.
2: right? Of course it's in the back. If you haven't seen that bike, it's got like tassels on the seat oh. and it's like a Chrome, <laughs> uh, you know, like a reflective, uh, you know, multicolor, uh, design on it. So it's, it's just cool. And it's fun to, fun to do stuff like Snoop Dogg's bike. Um, you know, he just uh, did a little music video with it. I haven't seen the video yet, but it's a blue, um, you know, bike with Snoop Dogg on it, and when you see e- each of these like bikes, they have a life of their own. We've got the Fresh Prince bike in there, Will Smith. Um, you've seen the Peter Dinklage bike. Um, it's just, you know, infinite. We can just keep going.
1: Right, right, and and I mean, I'm not going to discuss everything I saw on the back, but I mean, all sorts of colors, all sorts of like you know, coatings and stuff. Like it, the sky literally is the limit. And then your bike. Um, you have shocks on the front, and so you guys offer accessories, or do you guys like make accessories or anything like that, or at least design some something cool, or, or is that some aftermarket that you did?
2: Yeah, the uh, so so going on we talked about the Z one before. The S one uh is really where you can get into the custom level because uh you know you can add extended seats which we sell. Uh you know, we've designed and, and had this manufactured. So the you know, handlebars, uh, options, we've got cup holder, bolt on stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um headlight, fender kits. Um it's just you know, we, we pretty much design it all in house and then like i said if it starts with an idea the last year you've seen uh, or maybe you haven't seen because you haven't been involved we've uh, phased out our old kickstands and, and we're working with new kickstands now so you know there's things that you can upgrade that that just make it more practical um we do offer a ton of tires we got slicks we got knobbies we got um you know mid-terrain all-terrain it's just sky's the limit with those two so a lot of people reach out and say hey they want something and and, and if the voice gets loud enough and enough people are behind <laughs> it we'll we'll make it and and yeah. make it work, so.
1: Right, you walk two, like we said, two rooms over, and voila, um, whip it out real fast. And, and um, yeah, like I said, I'm not going to give too much away from behind the scenes, but you guys have a whole teams of people working together to make this thing possible. It's not just a little bicycle that, you know, some some guy makes makes in his even you know there's even motorcyclists that have got popular from the 70s that used to just build frames in their garage and they got popular from it because there was no frame out there like it and so when you come here to super 73's headquarters it, like you were saying um it's a it's about the vibe and your guys marketing definitely shows that everywhere that i've seen r- around here not only is each one customized in its own little way but a lot of the marketing shows people together with friends doing stuff on them um, you know riding together just hanging together having a good time together and I really feel like even just walking through here today I don't know if these people beat you up if they're normally not as nice to you as they were when we were walking through but everyone seems so cool and like willing to to wave say hi and uh, you know they're all back there just nose to the grindstone doing their thing and it's, it's really cool to see actually I mean this is like as close to um, you walk into some motorcycle factories you know and you you mm-hmm don't you don't get to see the whole thing and person a isn't even doesn't even know person b exists they do totally different things i mean this whole collaboration um feel kind of emanates through this whole building right now so that's really cool i'm glad you work here i'm glad that they uh you know, got a motorcyclist. I have to ask, is there anybody else that rides? Because I, I saw we saw zero back there, so I have to I have to wonder, are there other riders here? Are there people that are crossover?
2: Yeah, uh, our CEO LeGrand, is a you know a huge electric advocate. He's got the Tesla, he's got a Energica, uh, and he's got the zero back there. Um, also, one of our other co-founders, Aaron, is uh, he's just got a a, a brand new Kawasaki. Um, you know, so the and then Matt our warehouse manager, he rides uh, a Harley. Actually, he just uh, got a Yamaha MT09. Oh, so, yeah. um, Michael, uh, he met in there, marketing uh, CMO, another one of our founders, is uh, uh, he, he did the Honda motorcycle course. So there's definitely like a huge grassroots uh, to motorcycling here in our shop. But And, you know, just to go on from what you're saying about the collaboration of people that are here, it's a, it's a family, you know, more than it is like a, a work environment because we spend all our time together. But everybody knows everybody here. Yeah. So it's cool. Very cool.
1: Yeah, and so definitely uh, check it out. If you get a chance, I mean, can people get public tours of this place or? Yeah,
2: yeah I mean, if you come by the shop, obviously we've got the our, our showroom as, as the face of the business. And, uh, you know, you you can get entrance to the back, but you have to purchase 10 bikes. And once you got your 10, you can go back. But no, we, we, we give everybody the same tour. Like, it's 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 cool to be such a new company. And, and for us, we're, we're super proud of, of where we've come from, to, you know, and, and even more ecstatic about where we're going. So so if you want to come down and see what 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 Super 73 is actually about, you know we're a real legitimate business. We're not an internet company you can, you know, just find online and buy a bike from. We're we're real people doing a, a I think a justice for getting new hands on throttles. So
1: yeah, and I definitely I'm telling you there's people back there doing real stuff. It's not like uh, one guy back there like scraping pictures from the internet. Hey, look at um, and speaking of Super 73s. Um, relatively short, uh, lifespan so far. I mean, you guys have only been three out three years and you're already blowing up like crazy. I've already seen some copycat, um, companies coming on. I can't remember their name. I don't really care to talk about them right, right now anyway, but, um, it seems like this vibe's catching on Honda. Just, uh, I talked to the Honda sales rep last year and the quickest growing or the, their, their best selling bike worldwide is the super cub, which is only a 125. Yeah. In the States, surprisingly, he said their best selling bike is the Grom, which is a 125 seat height, not too different from the Super 73s. And now they brought out the Monkey, and people are just doing incredible things with that thing. And if you look at a Monkey, uh, it kind of looks like a Super 73. So you can get into, you know, get your hand, like you said, on a throttle um, at a fraction of the price of like a. motorcycle that then you had to pay insurance and you had to register and all that i mean this is like such a for me like an eye-opening experience today and talking to you guys here um, about the legality and the speeds that these things do i'll tell you what 28 miles an hour will get you down the 101 freeway at any time of the day or night right i mean this people only do about five miles an hour on the 101 anyway so it's crazy that these things are um you know as uh, relatable to a motorcycle as they are. And it's so cool to see you guys collaborating, everybody in here, you know, working out. So, hey, I want to thank Parker for showing us around today and thank everyone here at Super 73 um, instead of trying to mention the few that I've met, we'll just say everybody because I don't want to miss, you know, mention one and miss 30. So thanks so much, man, for uh, for walking us around today and giving us a sneak peek. And thanks for letting me you ride your bike.
2: Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me, Larry. Really appreciate uh, you and the podcast. So wish all you guys are listening well. Check us out on social, please. Uh, Instagram at Super 73. Website is super73.com. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for the launch event on the 25th. There's going to be some exciting things happening here at Super 73. Yep. That's
1: tomorrow. So get out there and uh, check it out. All right. Thanks. Bye. All right, boils and Goyles. I am super excited for tomorrow's event. I'm actually going to take my kids down there and uh, let my kid rip around on one of these bikes that does 92 miles an hour. Now, we didn't get into the specs, and we didn't get into all that stuff. If you're going to check it out, first of all, go down and check it out and check out the whole line. they got, like, three different models out right now, um, and you want to check out each, each one. Each one's got a little bit different features uh, than the other one, but I tell you what they're all a good time. And um, watching Parker <laughs> ride those things was like hearing this. Yeah, like every five feet he was doing something like, whoa, what the hell? And it's just so f- cool watching him. You know, and his bike actually, uh, he went out on the stock models when we went out on our little test run straight off the showroom floor. And he's, like I said, ripping a wheelie halfway down the block, all the way around the block. Actually, what am I talking about? Uh, down one whole street doing jumps. Um, got on his bike. I got he let me ride his personal bike outside, out back. And I gotta tell you. The customization that he had on his was just like, it made me want to just have one right then and there. So check them out. Super 73. I'm super excited to go check out the new rides tomorrow. And, um, yeah, we're going to be down there at LA river studios after three o'clock. If you're in the LA area and, uh, you're to come check it out, we'll be there. I think I'm going to let my kid, uh, try pop some wheelies on one of these bikes. All right. <clears throat> the other thing I was thinking of this is like a couple days later after the interview I'm um, trying to wrap my head around how fun this thing was and I thought you know what like uh, okay to start off with the super 73s aren't super expensive or are, aren't super cheap as what I was gonna say they're not like super cheap they're not like 50 bucks or anything but they're they're you know they're more than a uh used, mini bike probably, but they're less than most motorcycles. And here's the difference though. You buy, I, I've been thinking about this. I want a mini bike so bad. And that's, um, you know, just a tool around on, and I was thinking I could take my kids out riding on it. Uh, you know, we could, we could go, it probably fit in the back of my car if I fold the seats down, but I also got like a, a trailer hitch. I could put a little rack on there or put a little trailer, uh, go out camping, ride the bike around in camp, you know, ride on, out on the trails, out in the desert, wherever we go. <clears throat> here's the deal. I'm trying to pare down m- motorcycles, actually. And I only, I only really own three. And then I have Briviferous here, too. So I have four of them here. Uh, my KZ 550 long-term project, I thought how fun it would be to fix it with the kids, get that thing up and running. Of course, then I'm going want to want to ride it. And then I'm going to have to insure it. And then I'm going to have to maintain it and uh pay to register it and all that crap and i don't know when the last time it was registered um i know the last time when it was running which made me you know excited about making it the show's bike and getting it running and we've been talking about the moto scan and i could literally show you the moto scan on this bike as and take videos and like work on it and all this and that right long story short uh that'll take 75 years We've all seen how fast I am at getting video up <laughs> so far for patrons and stuff, right? Uh, so, yeah, I, it's a long-term project, and it's kind of something I wanted to to take my time with, do, like, show segments with and this and that. So I knew it wouldn't be, you know, I've had it running before, which got me excited about getting it run again. And then I thought about the expenses. I got Spamla. I got my bike, um, you know, Brian Rivers' bike and stuff like that that I'm uh, just thinking about, like, I got motorcycles out the wazoo. I'm the only one that can enjoy them. And that's why I kind of was thinking if I got a mini bike, you know, me and the kids could go on it and go camping and all this great stuff. And then I thought, you know what? Why not? Why do that? Why spend the money on a mini bike that I have to, well, I'll get busted if I'm riding it on the street. If a cop can't, you know, seize you on that thing or people hear it. Uh, they're going to pull you over and bust your ass. There's like one time a year around here where anything flies, and that's 4th of July because my community does like a little parade on 4th of July, and you can r- ride anything you want, and uh, it's cool. You know what I'm saying? You could get your old um, unregistered throwing jalopy out there. like You literally drive a tank around here, and they won't do anything on 4th of July because, you know, America, and we're celebrating freedom. Any other day of the year, busted, you know? So, like, riding a minibike around here, having to, like, pack it up and drive it out somewhere that I can ride it, when you can get a Super 73 and just ride it down the street, right? And I was thinking about, like, the 12 o'clock boys and, like, my kids are getting into, getting older and they want to go further. And these things got good range. We didn't go over all the specs and all that stuff, but, pardon me, but they do um, offer a, uh, you know, we went on a ride the other day. I forget my daughter and I, and it was only a few mi- a couple miles. We would have had battery left over. We could have done the same ride the next day and had battery left over, and we had total blast. So I'm thinking the range on these things is exceptional. They look cool. They feel cool. They feel fast. Um, and they and we alluded to it earlier. It's all about the community and that's going back to what I said, the show is going to be about the community of, uh, there, there is a whole community based around super 73s. And like I said, at Ciclavia, the whole squad was there. They have events, uh, is no little deal. When I went there, um, I didn't know what I was thinking I was was expecting, you know what I'm saying? But I wasn't lying when I said that it is an experience to go there. They got multiple vans in the back. They got like this whole, you know... Uh, interface when you first walk in and and just in the showroom and just the like lobby area you get to see part of what this uh, company's made of and it's uh, it's nuts how big they are and that's all because of community and all because everybody coming together around these pretty sick little bikes so uh yeah i'm excited to get out there i'm really thinking about pulling the trigger on one of these things not kidding just because i can offer my kids the same thing Uh, That I could with a motorcycle and even an electric scooter, even like a little razor scooter. You get your ass busted on one of those if you're trying to ride it down the street and something like that. This thing's got pedals. You just pedal it. It's just it's literally a pedal assist bike. And I know for a while there was some cities that didn't like these things in it or didn't like uh one wheels electric skateboards the whole like and and you've probably seen these around your city and your city probably has ordinances against it so here's the deal you just pedal it then you you don't use the electric power you don't use it you just pedal it and uh or walk it you know what I'm saying they can't get you for riding it if you're not riding it so you, 99% of the places that you ride this thing in, it will be not a problem. And like they said, class two totally legal here in California. So, uh, I was like, this is better than a mini bike. This is better than a dirt bike even. Cause you, I, I can ride it down the street. I can ride it to go get groceries. There's all sorts of attachments on it and stuff. So I was really thinking about, you know, my motorcycle herd here, colon, of, colon one of them, maybe, uh, colon and then, uh Brian Riffert's bike up, making it a uh, Bosazoku chopper, and uh, giving it back to him. Um, but I'm the only one that can enjoy these things, so uh, that's why I was really thinking about a Super 73. Hell. I would love to just watch my kids ride that, you know, get it for the kids quote. That's how you get to get mom to let you buy it, right? If you uh, don't have a few few bucks to chuck down on your own. Yeah, I'm going to make a big family spend. And guess what? We're all going to learn on it. And then guess what? My kid knows how to ride like a motorized thing and in 5 years, 6 years when she has her permit, uh I have a motorcycle here for her. Then I'm not the only one enjoying these things by myself. So I don't know. This whole Super 73 thing got me like super excited about riding bikes again. And uh, going back to the beginning of the show and the bigger topics, you know, that we talked with Mark and Nancy last week and that were mentioned at IMS, um, basically you know, you get motorcyclists to cross over to bicycles and you get bicyclists to cross over to, to motorcycles and you know wahoo we we uh, further both sports and i got to tell you there's a reason they call these things motorbikes they are motorbikes are they motorcycles not legally uh are they bicycles sure you could look at it that way but the super 73 is one of the few uh electric quote motor motor uh well electric bicycles e-bikes but they're not an e e-bike really they are truly a motorbike so yeah i had a lot of fun i'm going to quit rambling about these things we're going to get on to the next part of the show which is going to be our moto scan and uh yeah if you're if you're in the area tomorrow come on down i'm going to i'm going to go down to the um the LA River Studios and and see what this whole launch things about see if i can get my hands on something greater and see if they do have something new and cool coming out uh at the event So alright Let's get into our Let's get into our Moto scan And talk about Electric motorcycles A little bit Now that we've talked About electric bicycles You know what that is? What you're hearing right there? Sorry to blow your eardrums out with that screen, by the way. I just got a little bit excited. But uh, you know what that sound was? That was a sound of junkie. Uh, that was a, a junkie original. You got some music you want to send into the show? Do it. Do it. It has to be original. If it's copyrighted and you own the copyright, give us permission to use it. Uh, if you want to just make something up and email it in, well, that's good, too. Uh, but, Yeah. Um also I wanted to I, I didn't want to forget this part. Yeah, there was a uh, a couple things for the patrons. A I think there's somebody missing. I think Wiggins is going to get his friggin Christmas present out on <laughs> Valentine's Day if he doesn't hurry his ass up. So I forget who he had. I think he had Chad. Chad, if you did not get your uh uh we did like a little gift exchange amongst the patrons. If you didn't get yours let me know, because I'm going to get Wiggins and give him a little punch right in the face. Um, so, yeah, our patrons, uh, aside from doing the Cool Gift Exchange, you also get a uh, free chance into our... Uh, Twice a year, you know, we have Spooky Spokes and Salsa Slam, Listener submitted shows, and you guys get entered whether you submit or not. So you should submit. I guarantee uh, you have a better chance because then you have two chances to win. Um, but, yeah, at any rate, um, I'm going to quit saying at any rate. That's my new thing. Uh, at any rate, at any rate. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, and what was the word of the week? Did I say it? No, I don't think I did. I forget it now it right here oh yeah i didn't say that (laughs) and i'm not gonna say it the word of the week was no i'm just kidding um so yeah at any rate i (laughs) i just said it again what a jerk i just i better uh all right that's what i get for saying at any rate 45 times in three seconds um (laughs) at any rate I, I did want to say to our patrons that we do have. Um, I forgot to tell. I didn't. I want to mention this: is that we do have our patron bi monthly. Um, what are we gonna do here? We're gonna do like a art uh, contest, and it's gonna be bi monthly. So every two months, we're gonna take some listener submitted or some patron submitted art, and we might turn it into a sticker. We might turn it into. Uh, I'm. Maybe a shirt or something like that. We'll figure it out as we go. It might even become a page in a calendar or something like that that we do for our patrons. Um, But at any rate, we've got a submission from Paul already. It is pretty funny. Uh, So, patrons, anybody else that wants to submit before the end of January, I'm going to pick – I'm sorry, before the end of February. Uh, That is two months, right? January, February. Yep, that's how it works. There's two months there. So before the end of February, I'm going to pick a winner. If Paul's the only one that submits, uh, he's going to get it. And his is pretty good, though. So I'm finding it pretty funny. I think I might try to make a shirt out of it or something like that, Um, figure out how I can do that. But yeah, so... Uh, every two months, guys, we're going to do, if you want to, if you have some cool art you want to submit, I know, uh, Jay would love it if everybody submitted some art in her name, um, to the show and got the creative juices flowing and everything like that. Uh, you have a chance to get your little design made into something tangible for creative writing. Uh, but you have to be a patron to do so. And in order to do that, head over to our page, uh, patreon.com forward slash creative writing. And with that, uh, what else did I want to mention for patrons? Oh, yeah, just the fact that Wiggins is going to get a double ass whipping for uh, not getting his Christmas present out until freaking... Lucky Charms Day, what's that day? Saint Patrick's Day. Um, so, so yeah. All right, let's get into this week's Moto Scan. This week's Moto Scan is going to cover, uh, well, it's going to cover electrics and fuel tanks. Well, electrics don't put. Do you actually pump electrons into the fuel tank? No, you don't. But guess what? Last week's Moto Scan was a triple trees, and the, if you shoot your little laser right through the top of most triple trees, you're going to hit the gas tank. And uh, for all of you uh, who don't know what our moto scan is, sorry I had to say it like that, I'm obliged uh, to say it like an idiot once in a while. For all of you who don't know what our moto scan is, we are taking a motorcycle and we got a little scanner sitting there. And we're going to scan it. It's like a laser beam going from the top down. So obviously it's going to go from top down. And as it scans, it's going to hit the front of the motorcycle. And since it's a laser, it's also going to chop that off and keep going to the back of the motorcycle. So we've already got the cowls. uh, We've already got windshields. We've already done uh, handlebars and switches and all that sort of stuff. We have a wide laser. It's not like a focused little beam. It's one of those wide lasers. like, plain uh, lasers, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> we're scanning, like, the whole whole thing down. So we just hit the triple trees. Why do we do the top and the bottom at the same time? Eh, because once you slice the top off, the bottom's going to fall right out of the head tube there, and your front wheel's going to go splattering all over with everything that's below the uh, the front triple. So that they kind of go hand in hand. So we'll, right behind those, I can't think of any bike, even bikes with, like, clip-ons and bikes with even ape hangers uh usually the doesn't matter where the handlebars go the the triple tree is usually kind of right in front of the fuel tank uh, even if it's raked out chop because uh that's where the head tube tends to sit now fuel tanks what are they they're an empty void they are nothing they are like an outer shell inside is nothing well fuel uh if it's a petrol tank uh there's very fuel diesel very few diesel i didn't mean to say very fuel diesel but that's pretty good there's very few diesel um or diesel however you pronounce it where you're from diazel if you're from that one place it pronounces it that way um you know inside is should be nothing inside your fuel tank just air until you fill it up with fuel but what about these new fangled bikes. What about an F800GS? Ooh, you didn't hit my fuel tank when you shot through the triple tree. You hit my airbox cover. That's right. Most BMW, uh, you know, the, the boxers. No, I'm sorry. The parallels, like the F-800 or the F-850, the new F-850 and the 750. um, And let me think about the GS. I think the GS still has a fuel tank there. But in front of the fuel tank, it has a battery. And it's got like a whole bunch of airbox workings. But even the Buells, even if you guys remember us uh, talking about Buell, how you could get them with that clear. um, The airbox cover was clear on a Buell. Of course, on a Buell, you wouldn't hit anything. You would hit the uh, the throttle bodies when you shot through into the fuel tank area because the fuel was in the frame of a Buell. So what is in the fuel tank area? It's not always a fuel tank. A lot of bikes, I believe the NM4 included, might have the fuel tank underneath the seat. The V-Rod, I believe, has the fuel tank underneath the seat. My, my Honda um, v uh You know, Magna used to have the, uh, had two fuel tanks. It did have one right where you think the fuel tank is, but it was very tiny. There was another one like right under the seat. Um, And so a lot of bikes nowadays, Fuel tanks are not necessarily where the fuel tank section is. You you look at that thing, you pop it off, and it's a cover. Even stuff like the CB300s, um, the new Ninjas, a lot of sport bikes, a lot of uh, touring, uh, I'm just going to look for it, like ADV bikes, all that stuff, especially BMW. They like to do this a lot. It's all covers, man. Even the fuel tank itself is this tiny, weird, either plastic weirdly shaped thing or or an aluminum kind of weirdly shaped thing. And what makes up the shape of the quote tank is just a bunch of covers covering. Like I'm saying, most uh, BMWs, the the front of the fuel tank stops, it ends, and there's batteries right right there. Some some bikes, think like the V Max, definitely like my Magna. let me think of one's right off the top of my head. I, I think the NM4. I cannot remember where the fuel tank is in that thing, but I want to say it's under the seat. Um, so where the where the uh, what's it called, where the old um, quote fuel tank is is nothing but like throttle bodies, intakes, a bunch of electrical crap they hide in there. Um, everything that uh, can hide on the frame uh, top frame rail. Now you have like a whole empty void to put it in, and the fuel sits somewhere else. You know, on a lot of the bikes, like the GS's and stuff, it's crazy because the what looks like the um like the rear body or the rear side covers is actually the fuel tank. They're plastic, and they kind of stick out. Like if you fall down, it seems like they would grind on the ground and grind a hole in it, and all your gas spill out. So next time you're looking at a BMW F850 an F750, or even an old 650, 800, and 700. Uh, any of the parallel twins and singles used to have the, the uh, gas under the seat. And so that fuel tank area was like the throttle bodies and the batteries and all that stuff. And um, like intake... Uh, Air filters, all that stuff was up there. And if you notice, like on a BMW uh, Boxer, the obviously there's no pod sticking off the side like it is on like a Harley Davidson or something, like where their filters hanging out there, or like my bolt, how the yeah, or my SCR, I guess my. Glorified scrambler bolt. The uh the air filter's hanging out there off the side. Nope, on the uh, like b- beamers and like the boxer twins and stuff, they're up there where the fuel tank uh, looks like it is is actually the air filter and there's a couple ducts coming in. So a lot of sport bikes are like that too. Anything that um <coughs> excuse me, anything that has like a duct. Like I think the H2 is like that. Actually a lot of the new ninjas are like that. They got ducts coming in and so half what you think is fuel is not. My fuel tank now let's well we'll get into the electric part of this in a minute. My fuel tank on my uh SCR is even suckier than the one on Spimala. Spimala has I think a 3.1 gallon tank and I'm pretty sure my SCR has like a 2. 2.9 gallon tank and even Spamla running wide open at 80 miles an hour, at 250, she got excellent gas mileage. Crappy was getting like 60 miles to the gallon. If I was just cruising and, and taking it easy and I re-geared it for the freeway, obviously, so if I was doing like 70 um, or 65, she would get upwards of like 80 72 like around 72-ish miles to gallon. Uh 80 if I was really just chilling and just cruising like down the boulevard all day. My bolt, on the other hand, that gas tank, you can stick your finger up there and feel where it actually starts. It's it's hiding the coil. I wait, what's up there? I think I looked under there and the fuel pumps under there. I think the uh the charcoal filter, like the charcoal canister, since we live in California, I think that's hiding up there. Um, I think the like part of the coils up there. Like even on Spamla, the coil uh, sits up under the fuel tank, but that's about it. Like besides the frame t- uh, tube, the upper frame tube, the coil is the only other thing that sits up there on my bolt or on my SCR. There's a lot of stuff up under there. And, and then when you get back by the seat where the seat mounts, Boy, you can put your fingers up under there and run them forward about four inches before you fill the fuel tank start. So my fuel tank looks big on my bike. And then disappointingly, 160 miles later when you have to stop and fill up and you've only been doing like 70 um, or 75. Yeah, that's crummy. Like spam when a 250 can go like dang near 300 miles on a good day um and this thing can only do like 120 like that that's bad news like hauling ass it probably does like 100 miles it's, it's terrible i'm getting like 23 miles a gallon on my stupid uh scr but um i guess that's what i get for getting a 950 pig with uh i oh, like a 2.7 gallon tank i'm looking at it right now trying to uh guesstimate what it is it looks like the same size as Spamla's. it looks bigger but i think the capacity is smaller so anyway yeah fuel tanks what can they be made out of you like that clap what can they be made out of they can be made out of all sorts of stuff uh one of the most popular things is aluminum or steel Uh, a lot of the old gas tanks were made of steel Um, i've seen some pretty sweet uh aluminum race tanks I think most of the BMW boxer tanks are made of um, stamp steel. And uh, there's like a seam weld around them. Tanks are pretty cool because they usually come in two parts. There's a top part and a bottom part. And they sit right on each other. And then they get seam welded right around the bottom. And then the only other thing that gets welded is the uh, like where the fuel cap goes, like the bung that goes there. So there's not a whole lot to a fuel uh, tank. They're pretty. I've seen a guy make one. I saw him braze it, actually. Oh, no, actually, he wasn't brazing it. I guess he was um, oxy-welding it. And he made an aluminum tank for his friend's race bike right on a YouTube video. The guy was like a almost as old as me. He was probably like 120 years old. Took a couple pieces of aluminum, bent them over the frame of the bike so it literally fit the bike like a, t- a wet T-shirt. And just starts, uh, you know, he knew where the little uh, petcock uh, fitting had to go And so that's all he needed to know Otherwise he just bent the uh, Bent the tank over the frame Or bent the bottom, what was going to become the bottom of the tank Over the frame and just started going from there As he was going, like by hand Just welding, I took a big Sheet for the top and welded it So All you all you need to do is be, Know how to w- bend stuff in a U shape <laughs> And you can make a fuel tank and, and know how to weld I guess too But there's not much to him On the other hand, dirt bike fuel tanks and fuel tanks that are hidden or specialized, like I'm saying the, uh, stamp steel, um, beamer ones that they are not just what's up there, right? They're sharing that space with the, with the battery. The fuel pump goes on top. A lot of times, um, they got the, um, What's what's it called? What well, I'm thinking of the uh, the air filter right in front of it. So they have to be like specially formed and shaped so that all that crap can fit in there, and they can kind of go around it and still mount to the frame. So you have some really basic tank shapes, and if you go back in time, uh, the simple, the easier, the better. Old old motorcycles like uh, up until like the 30s and stuff, maybe even the 40s uh, basically a rectangular or sphere, like a tube. You could, you, they had the uh, circular or, or oval tanks that were just like a long cylinder. They had boxes that looked like you just welded up a bread, uh, made a bread box out of metal basically and put a cap on it. Um, they were more square and more tubular, whatever was really easy just to make like a couple welds down and that's it. As they progressed and got, uh, made of different things, and we've done different frame shapes, the fuel tank's usually the last thing to go on there. And uh, a lot of times you could tell because they make them funky, they make them weird, they make them small (laughs) to fit. And so you lose... uh, a lot of capacity, you know. Sometimes you lose fuel capacity. Uh, sometimes you lose uh, body, you know, where how you can sit because they're. Ah, no, we need to we need to make this bike have a lot, like a pretty good fuel capacity. So they're gonna have to like lay on it, like a sport bike or something, or like a bigger bike. Um, even like a, a KLRs, you can buy these huge. They have plastic tanks. Like a lot of dirt bikes have plastic tanks because in the old days they were metal, and you just don't want to bend up a lot of. You don't want to fall down and bend your metal tank to hell. Um, so the plastic ones, you know, they could take a beating and you can cover them with plastics and make them look like a fuel tank. Then when you take it off, you're like, oh, I didn't realize this blob of plastic weird shape was actually my fuel tank. Um, I thought it was this nice sleek shape. So yeah, uh, anyways, uh, get back to, get back to, um, like what they can be made of like dirt bike tanks are usually made of plastic. And if you, if you know anybody with the KLR, they probably have like the extended, uh, eastern sahara extension kit that adds like four gallons on each side it basically hangs down and turns your fuel tank into a radiator shroud now as well because um you can extend the plastic you can make a lot cooler stuff um out of plastic and it's pretty easy nowadays with the manufacturing capabilities to just uh make something like that you know and and make an aftermarket part that extends your um Fuel capacity, a lot harder with the metal tank to, you know, just rip off like 500 of these things, right? Where with the plastic one, you just you use the same, same thing over and over, I guess you would like in, I don't know how you form plastic, but you usually have like a mold and the machine does it with metal to stamp something i guess you could form something but then you have to weld it and yeah it's big bigger process so a lot of stuff is made of plastic nowadays um i used to have some friends and i still do have lots of friends that um, race bikes and so carbon fiber is pretty popular as is fiberglass. And my buddy with the old fiberglass tank on a CB750 here in California, I don't know if they do it anymore because I haven't seen the sticker on the pump for a while because now that we had ethanol to stuff, um, and I'm pretty sure this would not have hurt his tank. But he had a sweet CB750 Cafe Racer back in the day. Um, <clears throat> and the fuel tank was huge, huge capacity. And uh, It was fiberglass. And in in California, the fuel before it had ethanol had this stuff called MTBE. I couldn't tell you what it stands for. All I know is the MTBE eats through fiberglass tanks. And so unless you were using race fuel or aviation gas or something that was like leaded still, uh, if you're going to the pump gas and it had MTBE in it, farewell my friend so he asked me he's like hey can you fix my gas tank and I was like yeah sure you know I I know how to do fiberglass and I'm looking at it and like the layer basically like kind of like uh I would say delaminated but uh, you know uh, fiberglass is like resin and layers right and the layers just started to like flake open and I was like looking at it going what the heck and I realized it was saturated um with with MTBE gas and it had actually got into the fibers of the, like the actual glass of the fiberglass was just coming apart. I guess you could say delaminating, um, even though it wasn't really laminated, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, just basically feathered a corner of his tank, the lowest spot, obviously the kickstand side, where when you when you have it on the kickstand sitting for a while, it all flows over. So it was the left rear corner of the gas tank uh, down by the seat had developed a drip, and... Um, when he found out it was coming from this little hole in this thing. And then I look at it and yeah, the whole thing's flaking open after like, it just got worse and worse just sitting in my garage with no gas in it. It just started getting worse. So yeah, I told him there was nothing I could do. At that point it was saturated with, um, with gas in like the actual core of the thing. It's kind of like having a surfboard and I'm guessing like if the top layer of fiberglass broke and water started getting into the foam core and like, you know, your surfboard all of a sudden weighs 360 pounds because it's six feet long, full of water. Um, same sort of thing. You know, you can't do anything about it. You can't really dry it out. It's saturated the core of it. So yeah. Uh, a lot of times that used to happen. Ethanol. I don't know what ethanol will do to a fiberglass tank, but I I'm guessing it won't do that. The other thing would be to line the inside of your tanks. And now here's a here's a top tip. I'm guessing anybody that lives in uh, like where it snows and has to store their bike over the winter. We never get this in California. Very few rusty tanks in California unless you do something to them intentionally, like I did to my KZ tank. Uh, stupidly, I. I totally screwed up the inside of this cherry tank because i'm like i was obsessed with this dent and my i used to have some really cool tools for pulling dents and stuff when i worked at the body shop and i let my friend borrow them and they got stole out of his car make a long story short i no longer had these tools so i did it the old school way and um when i was cleaning out the tank um i got water in it you know and uh didn't dry it out like I thought and so this whole tank is probably roached so I haven't even looked inside of it but I thought now that it's fucked up and I don't really care because I don't like the didn't like the shape of it anyway and I was gonna cut it open anyway and kind of like add to it and reshape it I might just get a whole different new tank now but the point being they make stuff to clean out the inside of a tank. And since I knew I roached it, I was like, I should see how well this stuff works so we could talk about it. So there's a few different things you can do. And this doesn't matter for uh, plastic tanks. You never have to worry about those rotting out, uh, to my knowledge. I've never had a plastic tank. Um, all, you know, all plastics, I think, break down and... Uh, can get eaten through by certain compounds, but I'm not a hundred percent sure that fuel has any of that in it. I think the sun is probably more dangerous to plastic tanks than the fuel and stuff that goes in them. But metal tanks, man, uh, like, uh, you know, talking about getting water in them, what got water in mine, that would never happen normally in the Southwest anywhere, California, Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico, all that stuff where it can be pretty dry. Um, we don't have to worry about that stuff too much. Um, but if you live like by the, I guess by the beach or like on Hawaii or anywhere where they salt the roads, um, you can, your tank can get eaten. Also, if you live anywhere where it's cold and you have to store your bike, gas can like attract water. And especially if it's got ethanol in it, cause ethanol, uh, will, will attract the, the water from the just surrounding ambient air. And now you got water in your tank, and water leads to rust. The long, long story talking about my bike to get to there. But yeah, so the inside of your tanks, you can coat them with the stuff called cream, which is like a two-part um, it's methyl ethyl ketone and like some some literally cream. I forget what the what base the cream is, but it's like a silicone. Coating for the inside of your tanks like latex or something, sort of too. Maybe it looks like latex when it comes out. I have an old CB160 tank that I've had forever. Um, I've had it for like 20 years now, and that thing is still good on the inside because it's been creamed. And I could probably put gas in that thing today, slap it on one of these bikes, and it'll you know run clean gas out of it and um not worry about it. And it's actually sitting outside right now. I don't have to worry about it, the whole thing is creamed. Um, and uh, there's no rust, like the outside it's painted, everything's good to go on it. So, and I'm in California, so it's not like, you know, crazy weather around here that I have to worry about, um, getting rust in the tank. But if you do and you don't cream your tank, um, they make like cleaner and I think you can buy it at Home Depot. And I think that, um... Some of it's water-based, some of it's, you know, probably acid-based. I have no idea. But the water-based stuff that I think they have to sell here in California, everything here has to be water-based. We can't have any VOC stuff here like uh, volatile organic compounds. We have to have um, mostly stuff water-based. So, yeah, from what I've heard, it works really well on removing rust despite the fact that it's water-based. And if you know from having to store your bike and you've got a friend that will tell you, Oh, drain the tank, fog it or something. I guess there's a couple different ways you could do it. I guess you could do that, you know, just fog the inside of your tank real good and hope that no water does stick to... And when it does, like before you fill it up with gas, like run something through it. So I guess they would collect all the water off the sides and get it out of the petcock before you actually you know, hook it up to your ga- your engine running it the first time. Otherwise, you're pumping water through your engine. Water doesn't compress. That's why it messes up uh, engines when it goes through it. Um, and not to mention that it, I don't think water is supposed to be on the inside of engine where, like, stuff like petroleum, like, lubricating it's supposed to be. All right. Enough about that. Uh, the other thing, the real, the real thing, I think, is that you should fill your tank all the way up so that there's no possible space. The less space that air moist air has to gather uh the less of a space that it will have to make a rust so if your tank's half empty probably it'll be rusty down to where the fuel line is, because the the fuel level, because even if there's like a little bit of fuel and it has a little bit of water in it, it's not like going to actively rust, I don't think, where the moisture is in your tank. It'll rust where there's nothing, like where all that air is, it'll rust that. So I think the better thing would be to fill your tank all the way up and then just drain it and put a fuel uh, clean tank of gas in um, before you start it, you know, put the, I'll always start it with the fresh tank of gas. Cause like the water, from what I know, I've, I've listened to Cleveland moto and they seem to um, have talked about this multiple times. The water will settle at the bottom and cause it's heavier than gas or whatever. And so that'll be the first thing you're pumping through your engine. So just drain off like your first tank of gas. Um, does it cost? What's gas cost? I know it, it costs me even in this stupid thing with like two gallon tank, uh, at the most, like eight bucks for a a tank of gas, what, 12 bucks. So it's not like you're losing uh, your windfall um, fortune that your dead grandma left you to fill up a tank of gas and just waste it. So I would go ahead and just dump all the gas and, um, you know, put it in a can, go take it out, shoot it with uh, one of those explosive bullets, thermite or whatever that's called, and blow it up, you know, and uh, just have a fun time with it. Otherwise, just put a fresh, whole new tank of gas in your bike every time you start it up because it can rust inside. Um, now, where, does it, where do electrics come in here? Now, you talked about blah, 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 and this and that. On electric motorcycles, there is no gas, right? So the fuel tank, quote, fuel tank area, is where uh, most of the plugs go on, on electric bikes. I haven't seen one yet that doesn't have like the nifty, hey, let's look like we're filling up a tank of gas with a plug. With the charger plug. So um, I'm not sure. There's probably some that plug in under the tail or some stupid area like that. But for the most part, most of the ones I've seen uh, have a, their plug interface where they quote gas tank is, even the live wire. And by the way, the live wire has some rad um, accessories already out in the PNA catalog for your little. The, the trim where your um, plug goes. Like you can get that in all their cool new colors and all this and that. So, yeah, fuel tanks. There's a bunch I'm probably missing. Um, if you want to hear more about fuel tanks, go down to your local junkyard and ask the 87-year-old man what type of fuel tanks they got, and he'll probably tell you way more stuff than I did. But if there's something that we missed, also let me know. Uh, did we miss a, a certain type of fuel tank? Did we miss... Um, you know, we're a lot, and like I said, we're not talking about the fuel tanks that go into the seats. I guess we'll probably get there again when we get to the real fuel tank section. But this is just what goes in the area of the fuel tanks. And, um, oh, I did want to mention um, a lot of instrument clusters go there now. That's This is one part where you got you got about five more minutes now of me rambling, now that I remembered what I was going to talk about. A lot of Harley-Davidson's and, and Harley-Davidson knockoffs have fuel, uh, or not fuel, but Clusters instrument clusters of all kinds on the uh, gas tanks mounted there instead of up in the front I don't really like those personally because you have to look down and take your eyes way off the road You already have to take your eyes enough off the road to look down at your instrument clusters that are like down, you know above your triple uh, Triple trees so to look way down onto the gas console to see stuff. Yeah, that's kind of a dumb area But a lot of stuff has it there um, and some motorcycles have CB consoles there and, you know, like Harley's, I'm sure Indians probably have that. Um, some motorcycles have a, uh, like the new gold wing where you think of the gas tank being, uh, is like the airbag module. There's also a huge glove box. The gold wings, one example of, I think where the gas tank is actually under the rider, um, and behind, like under where the, uh, I think, if I can remember correctly, I think the new Goldwing has it underneath the the seat and sort of like where the battery would normally be. And so what you have up there in front of you, depending on your package, you have your audio system. You have like a full thing of controls. I think we are I think I might have joked about this on one of their episodes a couple weeks ago that you need like a third hand to go and program it because it's basically you have a goddamn computer keyboard there and like a little joystick and all this shit where the fuel tank should be and on the top level model uh is the airbags in there and so yeah there's and uh even some of them that don't have an airbag has a really deep glove box there and there's other bikes that have storage there in the front i'm thinking why am i thinking of a uh another honda like a VFR did what did the early VFR 1200 uh have that there I can't remember where the fuel tank was on that but I'm thinking of another motorcycle that has like you flip open the fuel tank and then you put your helmet in there and um the actual fuel tanks like somewhere else I can't think of what I'm thinking of of what bike it could be it could even be a fucking super tenere and I just can't remember but there's plenty of bikes that have a fuel tank area that's really Storage and especially now that like all this crazy new um, technology is coming onto motorcycles. You're basically transplanting a car dashboard onto a motorcycle, and where are you going to put all that shit? Well, if you can hide the fuel tank under the rider, lower the center of gravity, you put all that crap there where the quote fuel tank used to be, and now you can. Um, you don't have to have a huge cavernous, you know, 18 gallon fuel tank for your Gold Wing to make it 500 miles on one tank of gas. You can put that under the rider. Both and passenger, and then where it used to be, you can have your you can have your intake and all your like infotainment crap there, and all of your you know car dashboard and sensors and all that great stuff. So yeah, fuel tank area on a motorcycle was what this week's Moto Scan was. Like I said again, if we missed anything, let us know. If there's a type of fuel tank we didn't mention. if you want to know more about electric motorcycles and what goes there on an electric I'll tell you what, it's the magic the magic is what goes there on the electric motorcycles Uh, I think we're going to wrap up the show Uh, Gary Canary is he around? I don't think he's around this week, but um, yeah join us uh, this weekend at the LA River Studios for Super 73 show. Um Super 73 show, the Super 73 debut. Uh they got a, a big announcement to make there. Uh join us for that. We are gonna be there, gonna be riding all their little bicycles. Um February 29th, don't forget the uh, Veggie Plate Classics happening. Actually, go to creative-writing.com right there on the front page. we got all of our uh, upcoming events and even a couple that that passed already that you can look at and cry. I'm not going to go to that. Uh, but, yeah, so Gary Canary, he I don't know where he is, um, but he should be back next week. Hopefully, Brian gets the uh, chopper, his chopper license uh, restored and gets back in the air. And hopefully, maybe next time you hear this, I'll be working on another two-wheel project. It might be my KZ. It might be a bicycle. We'll have to wait and see how this week's Super 73 event goes at the L.A. River Studios. And with that, folks, um, eat a bag Creative Writing is
0: brought to you with support from our patrons. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, head over to patreon.com
1: forward slash creative writing. You can find us on Twitter, on Tumblr, on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Reddit. And you can even find us under a rock if you look hard enough. Creative Writing's not responsible for anything the idiot said on the air this week. We want you to know that. And if you do have any music that you want to send into the show, please make it about this stupid fool. Uh, Hopefully he didn't say the word of the week, and hopefully you didn't either. And with that, have a joyous, happy, merry Thanksgiving. Are we we loving Oh, my God.
0: Well, I'm out of here. I just had a stroke...